Welcome to Our True Colors, hosted by Shauna Gann. Join her as she explores the challenges of being a racial riddle, an ethnic enigma, and a cultural conundrum. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Our True Colors. I'm your host, Shauna Gann. This episode is meant to share a little bit of my background with you so that you can begin to get to know me. I always think it's helpful to know where someone's coming from in order to truly see their perspective. So as I share my opinions and my experiences, my thoughts, etc., it would help, I think, to have a little bit of an idea of where I'm coming from, uh, literally and figuratively, I guess. So I am originally from Anchorage, Alaska. I grew up there. That's my home. And it was very diverse there growing up. I don't remember a lot as a child. I think because when we're little, we don't really pay attention to demographics as much. You know, why would you? You just want to play on the swings and be the first one outside with the red rubber ball so you can play foursquare. Okay, that's my experiences growing up um, when, you know, like recess was awesome. But I, I had a variety of friends. I think just the nature of the kind of city that Anchorage is with the mix of people who have military background, people who are serving in the military and then retired there or separated and stayed, and also the people who are there on tour or temporary duty for whatever reason, you know, people come from everywhere and they they bring that rich diversity to Anchorage. Also, there's the native population, obviously quite large up there and a big part of what it means to be Alaskan. And the oil industry has also brought people from all over. So there's quite the mix. I'm not even going to get into the Alaska history of the gold rush and all of that. But my point is there are a lot of people from everywhere. And my family was up there because of the oil industry. And it just happened to be where I grew up, even though my parents and grandparents weren't originally from there. Yep, Anchorage is my home. I did move to Pennsylvania for a short time, somewhere around my middle school years. I lived in the Pittsburgh area for all of my middle school years and the beginning of my high school years before moving back to Anchorage, where I graduated. I graduated in the mid-90s. I am part of the exennial generation, caught between Generation X and Millennials. Technically, I guess exennials are Gen Xers. But we comprise this really very specific range of time where we have experienced some of the things that the millennials experienced in terms of the boom in technology, but really still part of that Gen X group where we didn't have all that stuff. So, for example, I graduated high school in the mid-90s. I worked after school at a movie theater and Then at some point, I worked at Blockbuster Video. This is during a time when we didn't have portable screens. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like it was a big deal to have a cordless phone at that time. So like to have a portable screen, yeah, like we didn't have that. In fact, I have memories of the time when we lived in Pennsylvania thinking it would be like amazing if telephones had a TV screen so that I could see my grandmother when I talked to her on the phone. And like to think back on that and look at where we are now is incredible. So that, that gives you an idea of the time that I grew up in. Screens for us meant, you know, when I was little, we still had to physically get up and turn a knob on the TV. Only one because there was UHS or excuse me, UHF and VHF, I think. One of the knobs was with a million bazillion notches that would just click, click, click all the way around to get to the other side because you couldn't really go backwards. You, ha- you were stuck going counterclockwise. Or you could like choose one of the four channels I think we had to watch main broadcasting. I remember when we got cable TV, though. Also, when we got our first VCR. 
Well, the first VHS tape that I was allowed to pick out when I was a little girl at National Video, I think it was called National Video, it was a rental place. It was a cartoon called Squidly Diddly, the pre-SpongeBob, long before SpongeBob was an icon. If you know who Squidly Diddly is, I beg you, you have to write to me because I have no idea if anyone would even know what this cartoon is, but I loved it and I rented it when my mom let me rent it over and over again. Memories. <laughs> okay, renting a VHS tape was a, like a big deal. Yeah, I even remember our first VHS recording. We were watching the cartoon version of The A-Team with Mr. T, which was based on the TV version of that show, the TV show version. And my mom was making me be quiet because she was afraid that if I spoke, that my voice would be recorded with the with the video. Because in those days, like we had tape recorders, like actual cassette tape recorders, where you had to press like the play button and the record button at the same time to record. So I think she thought it would record my voice if I was talking or... Maybe she just wanted me to stop talking. Hmm. That could be smart. But like getting a video rental card was some kind of rite of passage, I think, because it was the closest thing you could get to a credit card or an ID card with your name on it. So that was pretty cool. And it was laminated. You guys, you guys out there that are part of my generation, you know what I'm talking about. But cable, cable TV was amazing. Basically, cable TV and our VCR, those were my, my first experiences with any kind of remote control of any kind. So that was pretty cool. And the thing that was cool about cable was more channels and also not having the very shortened, quote, broadcast day. I mean, I was too young to be allowed to stay up late, late, but... But I knew that the programming on cable didn't end at midnight with, you know, the national anthem playing and the image of the waving flag before the TV turned into like that snow sound. You ever fall asleep on the couch? Well, of course you do, right? Everybody falls asleep on the couch. But you know when it's like not an ideal time to take a nap because it's too late? You don't want to like stay up all night, but you accidentally fall asleep watching something? Well, back in the day, whenever that Star Spangled Banner end of the broadcasting day thing came on and the snow started, like it woke you up and you're like, oh, I need to go to bed. So that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> anyway, cable TV allowed me to enter the world of the Fraggles. You guys remember Fraggle Rock? And I don't even know how many times I watched Michael Jackson's Thriller video trying to learn the dance. So yeah, I am part of that generation that got VCRs and or beta. Some of you may have had a beta player. <laughs> we did not. We had a VCR and cable. Yeah. Also my teen years with cable. That meant being the first generation to experience the real world. That was, I think, the original reality TV show on MTV. I think it came on on Thursdays and I used to watch it over the phone with my friend. Well, with my local friend, because in those days, there was no such thing as like nationwide long distance coverage. So I had a couple of friends who lived a couple of towns over and I had to really obtain parental permission to make a phone call to them. And it was like timed because I mean, I don't even know how many cents per minute it was to just call across town. So yeah, that's what that time was like. By the time I was in college, I had only used a word processor for my schoolwork other than like handwriting things, of course, in ink and experiencing the globs of liquid whiteout, like the corrector, because the cool ones that are just like the tape that did not exist. But I did have a word processor. I finally got an actual computer when I was in college. And if no one was on the phone, there came a point where I could actually dial up and go online. Of course, 
then I didn't really go online to anything because the world wide web wasn't so wide yet. I did have an experience of my very first email that was sent using Netscape in my university's computer room in the library, like the one room in the entire university. Uh, but my dad introduced me to a chat room, like it was cartoon chat or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, that I guess you could say that was my first experience with social media. Is a chat room considered social media? I'm not sure. But I do remember like you had to make up some alias to join and then pick your cartoon figure. I suppose that was the first kind of avatar. <laughs> oh, chat rooms. I also got my first cell phone around that time. It was like a gray flip phone. Like I think it was Motorola and it had this flimsy extendable antenna and the digital display was all orange, I remember. But I didn't keep it because I couldn't afford it. It was like the cheapest plan gave me like 20 minutes of talk time and I still, it was just too expensive. So I opted to stick with my super cool alphanumeric pager, yo. I did think I was cool because it was an alphanumeric pager. I mean, I couldn't call anyone back, but they could send me messages. And I always had quarters to use the payphones that still existed. <laughs> All right. So what do I look like? Well, you can go to truecolorscast.com where you'll see my photo, but I'll describe myself for you. I probably present as what someone might think about or imagine when they imagine a typical mixed girl. I look like that I guess even though I never felt like my hair fit that image um, my natural hair is probably 3c and if you don't know what that means just look it up and you'll see what the different hair curl types are so like a 3c though who knows actually with those charts and anyway nobody's hair is exactly one of those but it'll give you an idea I do wear it differently throughout the year in fact throughout the series you probably hear me refer to my seasonal hair a lot Actually, I refer to hair in general a lot. It is a major part of my identity and my experiences as a racially ambiguous person. I'm fairly light-skinned and freckled with dark brown eyes. My mother is monoracially black and my father is Creole. Until recently, I only described myself as black, like uh, monoracially black, just light-skinned. But my, like I said, my father is Creole, so I do bring in a lot of those features. Culturally, I really only identify with black culture or I guess kind of third culture-ness because I've moved around a lot. But I don't identify much with Creole culture because even though it's part of who I am and why I look like I look, I didn't grow up with it. So I'm just now really getting to learn about that part of my family. Speaking of family, I am married. My husband's a white guy from the Midwest, but we met in Anchorage because he's a military guy. <laughs> We have two kids who both look monoracially white. They're older, my kids. Uh, one is in their 20s and one is in their late teens. So um, being a parent of older kids, I've had lots of interesting experiences um, raising them with my husband as we traveled around the world for his job. It's been a super experience, but of course there are pros and cons to everything. And that includes the racial aspect of travel and living abroad. So where have we been? Well, you know, I'm from Anchorage, Alaska, and that's where I married my husband. And really, we've been traveling ever since. We spent a few years in the Midwest before moving to Northern Italy for about five years. Then we came back to the States, the East Coast this time in the DMV area, which means 
DC, Maryland, Virginia, like Northern Virginia area, before going to Berlin, Germany. And we were there for a few years and went directly from there to South Korea before coming back to the DMV. We were in this area again for a short time, moved to the Czech Republic for a couple of years and back to the DMV, which is where I am now. Yeah, lots of experiences, lots of things that contribute to who I am and the different perspectives I'll share. As I said, you'll get to know me more throughout the course of the the series, but this episode really was just meant to give you a taste of who I am so that uh, you'll have a better idea of the perspectives that I bring to the talk. Yeah, well, thank you for joining me. Please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Also, send me your thoughts. I'd like to know what sorts of things you would like to hear or discuss over the course of the series. You can find my contact information at truecolorscast.com. You can also find our True Colors on Facebook. And you can email me directly if you'd like, truecolors at seanagan.com. Lots of ways to get in touch. I hope that you do. In the meantime, be safe out there, y'all. Please share a smile with someone and find an opportunity to make someone feel welcome. Love y'all. Talk to you soon. Bye.